0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hillary Remo Show, Matters for Mind, Body, and Spirit Talk Radio. We have a fantastic show tonight. Stay tuned. I have invited Mary LaMondo back for Part 2. We started last week by talking about some of the astrological things going on this month, and tonight Mary is back joining us to talk about Egypt, the mystery schools, and some of the other great things that Egypt has, uh, Mary Lamondo is a Hungarian astrologer and Egyptologist with an extensive background in ancient Egyptian mythology and history, as well as psychology, alchemy, and metaphysics. Her areas of expertise are the Egyptian mystery school teachings and the goddess religions of ancient Near East. I have personally invited Mary to come back on the show because we had such a fantastic response from all of you guys out there. And uh, if you have any questions or would like a reading with myself or Mary tonight. You're welcome to call in and talk to us about what's going on. And um, also, one of the great things that I think is going on this week is we have a lunar eclipse, and Mary's going to be sharing some of that information about what that holds. So we're going to have a great catalytic conversation tonight. So join (laughs) us, call in,
1: and uh, let's talk. So welcome, Mary. Thank you, Hillary. Boy, I love that word, catalytic. I love that, too. Isn't that great? That's exactly what it feels like right now, catalytic.
0: It sure Um, does.
1: Yeah, we're revving up for that eclipse on on Saturday, that's for sure, on the 16th. So, um, yes, I've been really working a lot um, in terms of the cycles of this eclipse. A lot of my clients have been asking what it's all about, what what are we doing. So if anyone does have questions about that, I encourage you to, um, you know, call in or, email, however it works on on the radio. But in essence, what we're doing between the two cycles is really releasing so that we can move forward. It's just about moving, getting rid of density, and allowing more light to come in on a very simplistic level. And how that affects each one of us is how our, our natal chart is set up to allow that flow to occur. And we're seeing the outer events mirroring it every day. I mean, every every moment in the news, there's some new event that's actually you know triggered back to this eclipse response. So it's kind of uh, an interesting, very catalytic time to be to be living in and to be very aware in, I must say. It's a really powerful and potent
0: month, which is which is I'm really glad we were able to start off with you this month, and I'm so happy you've come back and joined us for part two tonight. Um, because there's so many things going on. And so whatever you're doing out there right now, everyone, is so important to pay attention to your intention behind what it is that you're doing because the universe is really handing you exactly what you're asking for. And if you're not clear on what exactly it is that you want... It's going to hand you even those indecisive things that you claim to be putting out there because even when we're confused or indecisive, we're putting that energy out there. So the universe is going to give you a, a confusing and indecisive life situations. So you have to really determine what it is that you want, and the solar And lunar events this month are so important. Um, We are going to be talking also tonight about our Equinox initiation tour that we're going to be doing next year in March, which Mary will be joining me on. And there is still room to sign up. The tour is filling quickly, and there are some spots left to fill up. And if you are interested, stay tuned. We'll be talking more about what to expect on that particular journey together. So, Mary, it's very exciting that you're here. I just love having you on. My guests, my listeners love having you on. I get great feedback and um so let's start off i mean we we talked a little bit last week with the solar eclipse, the full solar eclipse, so now we're really moving it now we're actually moving into a full is it a full lunar eclipse or is it partial
1: this is partial, and those of us in North America aren't really going to see it, which is kind of you know that that that's either good or bad, depending on how you look at it in terms of where the path of an eclipse falls. usually outer events are very highlighted, and so we're seeing that as a result of the solar eclipse, the heightened effects that are going on in, uh, with Russia and Georgia and China, Tibet, all of those areas, um, the shadow of the eclipse of the full solar eclipse really cut the path across uh, Central and Northern Asia. Now, this eclipse is going to be visible pretty much, um, and, it's a, and it's a lunar, so at, that means from moon rise to moon set, it will start pretty much um, through South America, Uh, It it winds up in um, southern Australia and New Zealand. It will be their moonset. And it's not a very long eclipse. The duration isn't that long. But the difference between solar and lunar eclipses, the lunar eclipse very much affects our emotional body. Solar eclipses are usually very outer-oriented. We see things out in the world and magnified, and events in our own lives become catalytic. Uh, With a lunar (laughs) eclipse, it's more on the inner levels. Um, and, what, and I like the idea that you brought up about being um, very clear about your intentions and setting your intentions out for this full moon, because what's happening is Neptune is kind of throwing its fog around the full moon as well, so things can become blurry. Um, it's all about perception with this full moon. We want to have a very heightened sense of awareness. We want to be very cognizant of what's around us, even though we may be Feel pulled into the astral realms, which is a good thing. Dreaming, um, you know, art, painting, uh, dancing, getting into your more of a you know creative, flowy, meditative aspects. If you can do that this weekend at all, it's great. The other side of the coin is. To be very aware and very grounded because there could be kind of like a nebulous swirl around you, and you really don't want to be pulled out of your body when it's important to be in it. And mm-hmm. we all know that's that. a really
0: good point. That's a really good point. Call us five three zero eight seven six thirty two twenty two. We want to hear what's going on.
1: <laughs> and also. I mean, uh, I'm I'm doing um, actually sending out a newsletter for people, so if people would want that to read up on um, this cycle, they can email you or and you can forward it, and I'll be happy to send people the newsletter as well.
0: Yeah, that's a really great newsletter, by the way, too, and I look forward to reading it every month. Um, And I'm going to be including your newsletter onto my newsletter too. So one way or the other, whether you go through Mary or me, you'll find that information. It's really just so important. And uh, I'm going to start posting that newsletter, Mary, if it's okay oh, with you, <laughs> you. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, or a link to it, anyway, on my Radio Home Show page right here at BBS Radio. Um, so let's talk, guys. What's going on in your lives? What's going on? Things are shaking up this month. Give us a call. Again, that number is 530-876-3222. Mary, you know, it's really interesting. I was sitting here out my deck today getting ready for tonight's show and writing down some things and making some notes. Um, I do two shows on Thursdays. I was working on my show for Achieve as well. And one of the things that came to me as I was sitting outside is how things, you know, when, when we have events like this, how it pertains to, you know, all of the things that we experience, our relationships, our work relationships, everything. And I've said this over and over again, and one of the reasons why I have you coming on and talking about these things is so that people get back to the cyclic uh, the cycles of what they're mm-hmm. experiencing in their life. And uh, we have another new moon at the end of the month. And so, you know, I think we had a great caller last week who was talking about some things going on um, and how uh, what he was experiencing. And one of the things I suggested to listeners last week was to make a altar and do a ceremony of sorts. And I would like, once again, to bring that up. What do I mean by ceremony? It can be anything that you want it to be. It can be as simple as lighting a candle, writing down what you want to manifest or what you're working on, and being clear. And if you don't know what that is, because a lot of people don't know what they want to manifest in their life. So they're very indecisive. And that's okay. There's nothing judgmental about that. It's, it's a process of unfolding, you know, uh, getting rid of the layers of the onions, so to speak, so that we can get down to the core of who we are. And it's a work in progress. We are always a work in progress. <laughs> and months like this are catalytic in the sense that, you know, guys, if you if if you need any if you need help, sometimes you have to reach out and, and ask other people to to give you some insight. Sometimes we're too close to a situation to really understand what's going on. We can't really see it because we're so close to it. Um, but the lunar eclipse, the lunar, the full moon, uh, Mary, I, I, th- I think I've shared this with you, is a time when I go into deep introspective, you know, for myself. I do ceremony. I rewrite what it is that I'm working on, where I want to be headed, what I want to do. And the power of writing that down sounds so simplistic, but it's really, really potent. And uh, that's how you manifest. That's how things come into your life. People have been Clients have been coming to me over the last few weeks about money, finances, financial stuff. It's just such a big issue on a national level. I think we're all feeling the pinch with with finances. However, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a client, and she's coming to Egypt with us, by the way. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, yep, and she was talking to me. She says, you know, I'm going to buy your book, and I'm going to read through this money thing. I'm going to try it. And I said, well, you know... You have to leave yourself open. And she says, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you have to be okay where, wherever money comes from. You, sometimes we wrap an idea around it and we say, well, it has to come from this or it has to come from that or I'm only going to work this job and not that job or I don't want to do this. And we put too many filters into it. So, you know, the universe can't really give it to us directly because we've put so many mental filters through it. So what I suggested to her, I said, well, just stay open. Be open to ba- about where the money is going to come from and how you're going to manifest it and just uh, be very receptive. Well, doesn't her doorbell ring? And somebody was inquiring about buying her car in the driveway. It was an old car she had. She didn't even have a for sale sign on it. So he wanted to give her money. <laughs> well, that and I said, see? There you go.
1: Put the intention out there, and uh, yeah, and yeah. But I mean, my
0: point is, everybody—it's a great time. I mean, things manifest so fast now. We're experiencing such a quickening well, of of things going on. And Mary, I'm sure that has something to do with what's going on in the well, stars. I
1: just basically just wanted to interject um, on the heels of that comment, which you know, those comments were, you know, great and right on the money. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> that. With eclipses, what happens, and this is this is just one of the basic laws of the universe, it's like if you've got a full closet, even if you go out and buy new clothes, you can't put those clothes in the closet because your closet is stuffed with other things. So eclipses kind of get us to the point where we must make certain decisions. We need to really weed out what isn't working anymore. We need to let go. We need to forgive. We need to be less judgmental more compassionate about ourselves about what we're doing, you know, kind of give yourself a pat on the back, see how far you've gone. And then it's like release with kind of like a good-natured grin, you know, because sometimes releasing and we talk about it and we pay lip service to it, but it's a, it's really challenging. You know, mm-hmm. no one just gets up and says, "Okay, today I'm going to release now." You know, I'm just going to go I'm just going to get down to the quick of it. It's like what happens is universe steps in or spirit or or god however we, we call that and moves us and this whole idea is about moving so that we can contain more light more light in this reality and release density now how that works for people there's a myriad of ways for that to come out and myriads of forms what we're doing is we're taking our own life and look at it look at it as if it's a work of art You know, just say well you know maybe this edge needs to be a little bit more penciled in this one i need to you know kind of pencil out or erase this over here. But if you think about that, and, you know, the idea of a work in progress goes along with that very well, we are our own works in progress, and we are in a very creative movement on this planetary evolutionary process right now. The whole planet moving in line with this, and so we're on it for better or worse. And are we going to be for the betterment or for the detriment of, you know, this whole cyclical process? So, looking at an eclipse, a cycle that just passed and coming with the, with a full moon can give us another three months of saying, "Okay, where do I really need to sort out things?" And if it's not, it's not about rushing. It's not about having to do it yesterday. It's about really looking with clear eyes. It's, giving yourself a sense of new perception. Clean out that old closet so you can put the new clothes in there. I mean, we're going to be... We talk about light bodies. We talk about living in the light. It's like, what does that really mean
0: on an mm-hmm. everyday level?
1: When we look out and we see, you know, the, as you said, what's coming in from the news is, you know, harsh reality. People are worried about, you know, making ends meet and all those all those things that keep us really rooted in the heaviest density of their dimension. If you can start looking in your life where you can allow more light in, it doesn't mean that it has to turn around your finances overnight, but where you can allow a grace period and ask, ask for guidance, ask the spirit, ask for help, just as you said. Really, the universe is open. It. There's a couple of big go-ahead green lights out there that say, yes, this is the time. Just do not be afraid. Move past the fear of being the deer in the headlights where you're totally immobilized by a collective fear. That'll drag you down. You know, and right now that's not where we want to go. We don't want to be dragged down into density. We want to there's reach a really for big the pull Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up
0: because there's a really big pull of energy to bring us into that uh, whirlpool of energy going on right now that really just sucks you right down into a very, very low vibration. And one of the things I'm going to be talking about next month for an entire show is is working with vibrational energy and how to shift and and what it means and energy medicine along the lines of what I do. Um, But the collective that's going on right now, Mary, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's such a great point, is so strong and so out there and so thick. If you could imagine the air being very thick, it's very thick energy out there. So when when you put on a higher vibration and you rise above that, you know, there is a moment where you really have to, you know, at times it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. Some people say, well, just raise your vibration and say positive thoughts and do that stuff, which is all great. However, there are times where sometimes the energy, whether it's in family dynamics, uh, whatever kind of dyna- dynamics that's going on that can be really difficult to pull yourself out of. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of focus to do that. Um, Mary, we're kind of moving in throughout the the rest of the show. We're going to be moving into talking about Egypt mm-hmm. and the Egyptians. Do you want to kind of we, maybe we can just shift gears there uh, now and go there now and talk about how um, they, you know, how they used energy and, and what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm always in Egypt at some point, so that's not a hard <laughs> shift for me. To so make. am I now? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's it's. The Egyptians had a whole different lifestyle, and i I think I touched on this briefly uh, last time we talked is is that they had a very simple lifestyle. You know, even the initiates in the temples back in the day, I mean, you really did they didn't have to cope with what we have to cope with in twenty first century reality. So on one level, their spiritual um, progress was a lot easier. And so I believe, um as I'm sure you know many people out there listening to, that we have more than one lifetime and that our incarnations take us through these different levels and different different uh, areas of experience. And so most of us on this planet have experienced lifetimes in Egypt, I'm sure. And through the threading of that in this dimension, that this reality that we're walking in right now, we have remembrances and we have experiences. So what we do and how I like reframe it for my clients is remember what was really positive what rings your bells what gives you bliss and that could be you know chanting mantras it could be sitting by a tree it could be looking at a lake it could be going to drum circles whatever it is whatever lineage whatever tradition helps you move through um, the more challenging aspects of everyday life then go towards that instead of turning on the television or instead of going for comfort food and eating potato chips, you know, because you're nervous or whatever people do these days or smoking extra cigarettes or taking that extra drink. Um, think about what gives your spirit sustenance, what what nourishes you on a spiritual level, and do it. It could be that you're very, um, you know, you're very religious in, a, in, a, in an orthodox sense and that you really like to go to church and that makes you feel good, then do it. Really do what makes you feel good right now because that's the clue. It's, it's almost so easy. It's sitting there right in front of us like a no-brainer. And a lot of the times, taking spiritual pilgrimages to these power places is amazing. I mean, that's how I recharge my batteries. And that's how most people who have a strong connection to these places, when they do go, their spiritual upliftment up- just goes You know, plus 10, it's like you just get such a great wave of love and bliss and energy from going to these places. In the meantime, what do we do, you know, the 360 days that we're not on, you know, sacred sites or traveling to great places or whatever? And so what I tell people is find out what's around you that makes you feel good and just do that. And that's something that we can all all incorporate. Making the altar, as you said, sometimes just putting really beautiful flowers in your living room and you know, burning some incense turns your whole apartment or home into, into a sanctuary. And we talked about that. You mentioned that last time. Well, just fill your space with pictures of things that feel sacred to you. You know, when things get really challenging or stressful, walk over to that corner, wherever it is in your home or your apartment, and just kind of stand there and let those good, Healthy, positive vibes wash over you, and just really give you kind of like a like a boost. Um, I'm telling people, if television, you know, one of the bad habits we have as um, Westerners is to keep the TV on all day long if we're home. Mm-hmm. Turn off the TV. I mean, there's a lot of good things you can listen to. You can listen to, you know, the um, alternative radio shows. You can listen to, you know, uplifting podcasts and CDs and all kinds of good stuff out there. But the news is catered to bring us to a level of um, submission. And the more submitted we are, the easier it is for, uh, you know, people to really take advantage of us and bend us to their will, not our will. And I'm sure, you know, your next guest is going to be talking a lot about that (laughs) day night. Well, you know. (laughs) But the idea behind this is to take Mm self-responsibility and to just say, you know what, I you know, I may not agree with what they're saying. So I'm not I'm not gonna put my head in the sand and be an ostrich. However, I'm not gonna play the game of being bent to someone's will. And yeah. when we talk about the collective, the collective is made up of each individual point and each one of us is an individual point in that collective. So it goes back to that old saying, if enough people, if enough minds think differently, then the collective changes in accordance. Now we are moving through great waves whether you're talking about you know the mind calendar or different you know different predictions different cycles all of those things are out there. However, we've been created on this planet to have free will and to kind of make decisions as we go and as an astrologer, I believe that we're not stated. However, the decisions we make given a certain parameter of uh, cosmic uh, formulae give us a whole different equation each time we take responsibility and use it. I mean, because you know, astrology is out there. Not everybody who's alive knows about astrology. However, all of us are living, so as long as we're living, we're making decisions and we're making choices every day. Some of these things are very helpful to us, and that's what we want to incorporate into our lives. And I think it's great that you know, there's people like you, Hillary, out there who have. You know, a whole assemblage of techniques and things to help people get through the day because that's what we're doing right now. We're helping each other get through to the light, and, and that's amazing. Yeah, the yeah. Thing. you know, it, and, and it's so important
0: because it doesn't matter what you do. All paths are valid. It's just a matter of making sure you know how to put tools around you to help assist you or store power Or, you know, that's what they really do, you know. When you have things like, you know, things of beauty around you or things that inspire you, and it it doesn't matter whether it's music or your your aesthetics around you and your your environment or whether it's a a beautiful arrangement of flowers or a great book or... As long as you have it, yeah, you create whatever it is, and it becomes a, a tool, a sacred tool, to help lift your vibration up when you begin to get pulled into that collective... Down toe, if you will, you know, the undertow, <laughs> the strong current that's, sw- you know, swirled underneath us, and she was talking about the news, and we all know that it's very filtered, and it's very, it's very much filtered according to certain people's perceptions, and it's very manipulated, and it's good to watch it, but it's also good, I mean, it's good to watch it knowing that, if you, if you can make that connection that, you know, it's all about separating your belief systems, your mindsets, and I say this continuously uh, wherever I talk or in my books and on my shows, it's, it's about weeding out, like Mary said, your own dreams, your own mindsets, your own belief systems, and giving back what isn't yours, and to do that is, is a long process but it's, it's so worth it. it you finally free yourself from that. So part of that is setting up some things around you in your life and, and what you have going on. Uh, if you're having difficulty in relationships, whether you're, you want to draw more money to your life or you're looking for enlightenment or whatever it is, these things of beauty around you, whatever you consider beautiful, will help inspire you. You know, when you look over at that flower arrangement per se or an altar or whatever it is, you, for a moment, are lifted up out of that vibrational energy that uh, normally probably would have kept you there or tried to bring you down lower. So there are ways to do this in your life, and going going to sacred sites is certainly one of them, and we'll be talking about that more in depth. And uh, it's a really important thing to do, especially now, because things around us are just not as they seem, and it's important to get back to our roots and back to our perceptions of Ourselves and who we are, and uh, so Mary, let's talk about sacred sites. So, what makes a site sacred versus going out in nature per se? What makes these sites, such as going to places we're going to be going to in Egypt, sacred?
1: Well, again, I do believe that we're all—you know—we we are all sacred, and every space on the earth is in and of itself sacred. However, there's vortexes on the planet that have been resonators of energy. Whether we talk about uh, ley line energy, whether we talk about stellar cosmic energy, we know that there's been ancient megalithic, megalithic sites for eons on this planet that have been collectors. Um, the same way you would have a crystal and it would collect energy or you program it, there's places on this planet that have been uh, collectors of energy and actually programmed as energy centers. That, in one general term, is kind of how we differentiate between nature and and loving nature and being out in nature and these particular power spots. Um, Egypt, in and of itself, is a tremendous uh, power spot because where the Great Pyramid is, the Giza Plateau, it's exactly central of all of the land masses that have been known on the planet. the, The latitude and longitude there have a very intense magnetic center, So when you're in that whole area, uh, you start to feel different in your body. I mean, there's a lot. Some people have, uh, you know, you just feel charged up. Uh, You know, Cairo is a very vibrant, intense city. It's a lot like New York. But the feeling of that particular area, even though it's out in the desert, the way they built the pyramids, what they're aligned to, and the earth itself carries a frequency, and that's one given of how we would identify a sacred site, there's going to be something very magnetic and something very f- powerfully aligned with the stars as a, as a central focus. So Egypt, the whole land of Egypt, the whole length and breadth of the Nile is one big, if you want to call it, chakra system um, of that part of the planet. And basically because the civilization there is so old, I mean, stretching back thousands and thousands of years, the Egypt that we know of today, historical Egypt, stretches back 5,000 years, but Egypt has a much longer history. And so what we're looking at in terms of energetics is that there's fields. There's fields that we see, which are stones and ruins and, you know, temple monuments that have been there, but there's also etheric grids and etheric uh, structures. That have been placed there as well, so people who are psychic or people who are sensitive to these places go in and they feel things that you know like the normal person snapping away with a tourist camera doesn 't even know exists so you yeah, and I have her- to add there real quick too, mm-hmm. even
0: if you don 't consider yourself psychic or sensitive, when you go to these places, it seems to open up those centers within you anyway
1: <laughs> yes if you if you have an open mind and if you if that 's something that is uh, if you're speaking, if you're mm-hmm. if you're uh, a serious initiate, I've seen people in there who are. I've been side by side with my groups who are serious seekers on some level, with 40 or 50 people who are coming from you know uh, Germany or France or wherever who are just there because they're tourists and they're not having the same experience. You know they're just not because mm-hmm. they're talking and babbling, and they're 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 having a good time, which is great, but again, there's some of these places are very sacrosanct, and you can enter them you know you can go in, you can be there, but you're not privy to the information unless you are in the right frame of mind, and that's something that the group energy the group energy that we go to Egypt with and that we're in the whole way sets up. So maybe sitting right you know, now in your living room or listening to this, you're saying, gee, you know, I'm not sure what he's talking about, but I'd like to go to Egypt. <laughs> when you are in the group, the the group mind and the intent, it's as if you're spiritual pilgrim of, pilgrims with a particular mission, and that becomes the focus and you become part of that. So, just by deciding that you're going to go, your guides are already moving you or impulsing you to that. And I've had people go where, you know, it's, like say it's a couple and one, one per- person is very much into the spiritual side. And the other person say, saying, oh, you know, I'm just going to go because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just be left out of the cruise or something like that. It's such a good cruise in Egypt and, I, and I've always wanted to see the Nile. So they come and just by being in the group energy, um, lots of things start to happen. It's really interesting. So yeah, that's really that.
0: That's uh, that's a good point too, because the group that we're going to be taking in March of next year, you know, has an intention as a mystical trip. However, uh, it's optional, so you can participate to whatever level that you want. And Egypt really has a way of you know facilitating you when you get there.
1: <laughs> exactly. And
0: uh, so you're invited to come on whatever level you'd like to participate, and. Um, You know, going to Egypt itself is just a journey, and you don't really have to do anything except go and float on the Nile, and walk through the temples, and run your hands over the stones. And you know, whether the group has a a specific you know agenda or not, it's really not relevant. It's really about your own personal journey walking through Egypt. So this group is really open to everyone, and um, mystical or not, and it does have it does have. Some ceremonial aspects to it. We'll be doing the equinox. We'll have we'll have something going on for the equinox because we'll be there. Um, but again, it's it's open for all levels of experience, all levels of you
1: know, all areas of beliefs. And uh, wouldn't you agree, Mary? Definitely. And um, one of the things about Egypt, because I've been going, I mean, I lived there for years, and I've been going back and forth for about fifteen years now, is that as tourism gets more, you know, Egypt is a high-end tourist site, so that's great. I mean, everybody's going and everybody's seeing Egypt. Um, the restrictions on Egypt, as we get closer and closer to, uh, uh, it feels like, as we get closer and closer to 2012, there there may be some sites that new sites that are opening, and there may be some sites that are closing. So it's kind of like in Egypt, you never know what 's going to be open to you what 's not going to be open to you and this is on the, this is on the level of the government just saying you can go here and you can go there, but one of the things that um, i 've managed to accomplish in all these years is that we get special permission to do and see what we want to do so that 's one good thing about going with uh, a group that has uh, special intentions set to do these things because otherwise, if you just kind of do the normal tour of Egypt, you're going to miss out on a lot of things, um,
0: on, which is what we're doing, by the way, everybody. We are, we do have, because we are traveling with Mary, and if you're just joining us, Mary is an astrologist and an Egyptologist, and she studied in Cairo, and we, because of that, we have special access to uh, many sites that are open to only archaeologists, and Mary is able to get us in there. See things, so we are going to be doing things that you will not get
1: on any other trip, right? (laughs) And and, uh, as they say in Egypt, from your lips to God's ear. One of the one of the aside from being there for the equinox, we're also going to be there for the new moon uh, in March. March March's new moon is in the sign of Aries. And we'll be at Philae Temple, which is the Temple of Isis, and it's just the most amazing, beautiful spot. It's very idyllic. It's it's down in Aswan, which is just all sunlight and beautiful blue Nile waters. And you, you go to the island of Philae on a little boat and you just really get that feeling that you're making uh, you know, an other world journey. And you kind of if you if you just kind of step back and, you know, kind of remove the other tourists from your from your uh, vision and just, you can feel what it's like because there's always in these temples, there's nooks and crannies. People tend to congregate with tours with in certain places because the guide's talking and he's walking you through. And just like in any spot in the world, there are certain places that all the guides go. But what I like to do, especially at Philae, is give people the time to kind of wander around and find a little place. Um, it's filled with flowers. There's like swallows and birds. It's just, it's just the most beautiful place you can sit there and you can really meditate there. And so that's a nice spot to just kind of, on that new moon, if you are in Egypt with us on that day, to set your intention because that's one of the more potent times during a new moon. It's a seeding time where you plant your seeds for what you want to see fulfilled and give thanks for during the full moon. So our trip has these little niches of uh energy where aside from being in Egypt, but where you can actually again work with the cycles like Hillary was talking to really uh give yourself some extra uh added attraction in terms of being able to work with energy. There's something about Egypt that just makes it a little bit easier. I don't know why that is, but um, it feels like you're just closer to the source there. Whatever that source of um light energy is and you're in a country that obviously is a third world country and there's many differences i mean you know your body will feel the differences immediately because it's noisier it's more crowded there's a lot more there are here in our everyday uh you know north american reality but the spiritual level there is very much present if you just use this kind of filtering system, um, you know which we'll talk about more as we as we get uh, into the trip, but that idea of filtering out the the visible realm and allowing more of the invisible realm it's really the place where where the gods in parentheses did walk on earth, and that's something you feel when you're in Egypt you know that's uh, one of the things I
0: experienced on my trip there my first trip there was I have to say the culture, the experience, the noises, the smells, the food it was so different than what I experienced in uh, the United States, and it was fabulous it was absolutely fabulous the the people there are wonderful, the food is wonderful, the places are wonderful it's a very I, I found it a more I found it very interesting because as you were talking, uh, yes, that spiritual aspect is certainly there, especially when you're walking through very mystical, very um, out-of-body kind of experience, especially when you're in the pyramid or if you're walking through some of the older temples. However, when you're in Cairo, when you're staying at the fabulous hotels, which we will be staying at uh, for comfort and, and other <laughs> reasons, but the, the the energy, the feeling of these places was just magnificent. I just couldn't, I couldn't even put it into words. It was one of the most incredible Uh, culture shocks I've ever experienced because it is so different than anything you could experience. However, it was wonderful. And if you stay open to it and you just go with the flow of it and you just don't let, you don't get too hung up or too worried about little changes in venue or what's happening and you just allow yourself to, to just witness the country and, and talk to the people and enjoy all of the sensual textures that Egypt offers, you will. Thoroughly walk away from a trip like this, or a trip, you know, to any kind of sacred site like this. It's important to open up to all of the experiences—physical, spiritual, emotional, even and mental. You know, by the pyramids, the energy is—they're so potent. Um, it manifests in in a variety of ways. Many people feel a lot of different things. Um, mystical, whatever, however it manifests, well, it, is, but it, it manifests. It
1: doesn't. And one of the things, um, when I first went over there, I, I went over there uh, to work, and I, it just caught me by surprise. I mean, I had never really wanted... I, I, you know, I was interested in Egypt because I was an astrologer and, um, you know, I was an art historian and all of that. But when I went to Egypt, it was, like, unbelievable because it was intoxicating. It was like I couldn't get enough of it. And it's it's just... The levels of art and history, and, and it's not just ancient Egypt, but you know the the whole realm of uh, Christian art and Islamic art and ever I mean it, there's just something for everyone there. And I remember just feeling like a kid in the candy store, and um, my uh, the project I was on was over in, in about six weeks over there, and I thought, well, gee, I have to figure out how to get back? You know what am I going to do to go back? And and how it came about was I thought, well, I'll just I'll go to school and I'll get a degree in Egyptology. <laughs> you know, I was like that was that was the way to be in Egypt and and have a you know live there. So it it worked for me. But what happens when you're there if you're if if it gets really to the point where it's kind of seductive, you know, you just really have to get more and more, it's like a heady perfume, you know, you just you just want to keep wafting it, so um, I do warn people that once you go, you may want to go again, Yeah, <laughs> be prepared, <laughs> it does, it works a lot
0: with kundalini energy too, I have, I found that when we were there, uh, when we were cruising down the Nile, that, that it is very much like going through the chakra system, so it's very kundalini, it's very... It's, all, it's primal, it's very sensual and, you know, as the energy moves, as we move through the Nile and the energy moves through you, you're clearing blocks, you're opening up gateways, you're opening up your centers, your energy centers, so all you have to do is really be there. You know, it's not about necessarily going in to do ceremony or, be, you know, being, you know you're being with a great facilitator is great, but you know, honestly, it's the energy itself of Egypt. So whether you go with us or not, I, I just suggest you go at some point in your life. It's a fabulous place to journey to. Um, and, uh, Mary, one of the things I thought we could talk about was the experience. People are probably wondering, are we going to go inside the Great Pyramid? And I thought that would be a great thing to talk about. We, before We're going to take a break in a couple minutes, probably have about five minutes before we go to break. Um, so let's just leave them with the thought of exploring the Great Pyramid. Yes.
1: Do you want me to talk now or wait? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, the Great Pyramid is something that is, even if you're on the outside of it, um, walking around, it's it's the most awesome structure on the planet. And we have ways of getting you in there um, so that we're the only people inside. Um, Normally there's tourists that go in and out of there all day long, and it's kind of crowded, and people who have heard stories about friends who've gone there and said, oh, no, I'm not going well that's because they were probably crowded in with uh, lots of human bodies in a place that no human bodies were ever really supposed to be in um, except at certain times and only usually two or three at a time. So what we do is we we facilitate you to be in there at your own speed and to and again i I don't want to set this up I, I like people to go in without any preconceived notions, but this idea of you're in one of the most um, highly magnetic and sound frequency-oriented chambers on the planet. Uh, it will resonate with your body and your body kind of forgets that it has functions. I mean, people go in there and they, they're in there for an hour or two and nobody ever has to go to the bathroom because your body takes on a whole different speed. And it's as if you become a tuning fork and you become aligned to what this is Program for. So we meditate in there. We spend private time uh, speaking with our guides, or our guides speak with us, or whatever is appropriate for that moment. There is the Queen's Chamber that we uh, visit, and there is the King's Chamber, which is the initiatic chamber that many, many, many different uh, philosophies and um, people, spiritual groups, have talked about over the years. And the initiatic process is something that culminates. Uh, In the old traditions of Egypt, you had to train at least 28 years to be able to take that final initiation. And only the uh, select were able to fulfill that. It's one of the processes now that we take for granted because we live in such a heightened time we live in the age of enlightenment. We live in the age of Aquarius. Therefore, many of us have walked these paths before. What we're doing now is we're remembering certain things. When we go to these places, especially, the, which for me, the Great Pyramid is one of the most uh, its profound in its essence. And so when you're inside, I kind of leave that space for you. We will talk about it beforehand and give you some insights while we're in Egypt. Um, It's one of those things that people can read about it beforehand. There's been a million books. There's nothing I can say that's going to either make it right for someone to go or not go on that level. However, if you're feeling called and it's something that you don't want to miss, this is definitely the time to do it. Because once again, with Egypt, we don't know how long or we don't know how many how much more time we have access to certain places there,
0: and that's you know not when I was anything
1: negative happening. It's oh. the government <laughs> well, saying we can close it and clean it, and we could do this, we yeah. could do that. You know, they're under a whole new process up there on the Giza Plateau, where they've removed all of the vendors. Um, they're building a fence uh, around the around the perimeter. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of security measures, which are you know actually cleaning up the plateau for people who are coming as visitors. However, um, you know, there's a fine line between the government saying we're doing it as touristic security and then saying, you know, we could close this at any time because we don't want people inside anymore.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. So it's it's probably better to do it sooner than later. Uh, when I was inside the Great uh, Pyramid King's Chamber, I was a... I was a astonished by the acoustics inside of there i mean you could literally there was a group down in the queen's chamber and it was myself and another person and we were setting up for the group to come upstairs so to speak and the acoustics in there you could literally whisper and hear the sound circle around the chamber it is the most amazing sound chamber I've ever been in. I've never experienced anything like it in my entire life.
1: Um, no, and, yes, and, and, and we all know how powerful and profound sound healing is. And I've had people who couldn't, really, I mean their uh, knees or their legs or whatever were so bad they couldn't get up the steps on the bus, you know, on the tour bus. And they would say oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. And what happens is once they get to the foot of the pyramids and it's like some magical thing occurs. I I I think the circuitry of the body just takes over. It's like a tuning fork and it just starts moving towards the, the higher magnitude. These people go up the chamber. I mean they, they go up the stairs and they get to the top and it's almost like I hate to use the word spontaneous healing, but while they're in that chamber it's like, you know, a whole other level of physical reality takes over. So there is something about those chambers being uh acoustically healing as as sound resonators, and Egyptians called it the resurrection machine. I mean, the whole idea was to go in there and come out reborn so that you were physically you, you bypassed death. Now, we don't have in this lifetime the training to do you know we're not doing that on the the same way they did it because we're not going back to reinvent the wheel. however, what it is is that if we have a cellular memory of having undergone initiations, it'll start coming to people in dreams. It'll, it, I've had people call me already over the past few weeks saying, "You know what? I had this dream, and I was, you know, in this chamber. I was in the Great Pyramid. I was doing this." It's like their their guides are impulsing them to get ready to come to Egypt. And so this is how it works. You are already being called if this is the right time for you because it's if your your DNA has these little, uh, you know, vitamin DC capsules in there that start going off. And when it's time, your whole mechanism, the human body as a vehicle starts to really go towards, again, like a flower towards the light and the sun. What's going to give me more life? You know, what do I remember? What do I, what, what do I need to move towards to fulfill my potential? And it, sometimes it is the next step. And when you move through these places, a lot of the time, and we talked about this last time too, we'll have a support network when you come home so that you can call and be in contact and talk to Hillary and talk to me so that it, it integrates. It integrates into your life experience once you return. Yeah, the moment you set the intention to go
0: is the moment the energy of Egypt begins to work in your life. And this is a great month with all the things that we talked about in the beginning of the show to set your intentions to go, to set your intentions to manifest the money to go and the space within your life to go. And it's a potent and powerful month, and it's a really, really incredible time. And if, if you're called, if you're feeling called, watch your dreams. Ask your guides. You know, It's, some, it's a personal choice. It's not about something that's, you know, it, it's not a typical tour and by, by many, many means. So, you know, if you begin to watch your dreams and your dreams are giving you signs, you know, pay attention to that. It's really important to pay attention to that knowing that that surfaces inside of you. We're going to head to break and leaving you guys on that note. Mary if they have any questions about the trip, uh, you guys can certainly go to my website at any time on my trips page and Mary's website is pachaterra.com. That's P A C H-A-T-E-R-R-A and that link is also on my website as well as my radio homepage. We are going to take a short break, commercial break, station break, whatever you want to call it. We'll be right back after a few words. Thanks.
1: (laughs) This ain't.
0: I want to personally invite you to join me in Egypt for my equinox initiation tour. Come with me and walk the sands of the ancient Egyptians. Explore the temples of the mystery schools. Celebrate the origins of life as we sail the Nile. I personally invite you to walk the sands of our ancestors in a ceremonial and sacred way, surrounded by fellow kindred spirits from around the world on a -a once-in-a-lifetime journey. Travel with me to Egypt and reawaken to your true self. Give yourself the gift of something truly extraordinary.
1: For more information on how to join Hillary on her Equinox initiation tour, please go to www.hillaryramo.com.
0: I truly hope you will consider joining me.
1: Call today, 518-376-2503.
0: Welcome back, everyone. We are speaking with astrologist and Egyptologist, Mary Lamondo. Phone lines are open for the last few minutes of our hour together. Call us if there's something you'd like to ask Mary and I, and don't forget that this and all my past shows are archived for your convenience right here on bbsradio.com. Be sure to tune in for the next hour from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern to Achieve Radio. I will be interviewing David Ike, author of The Biggest Secret, and the David I Guide to the Global Conspiracy and How to End It. Um, so Mary, we were talking before we went to break about Egypt, my favorite topic, favorite place to go. And uh, we were talking about our trip and what to expect and if anybody missed it, I highly suggest you go back and listen to the archive. We did speak about some astrological things going on this month and gave some helpful tips as to how to Set your intentions and manifest the trip to Egypt with us, if that's what you are called to do. And, and set your intention and, and what you'd like to manifest for anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be the trip. It could be absolutely anything that you're working on in your life. And um, so moving on, I'd like to talk a little bit in the last few minutes of the show, Mary, as to how people can get in touch with you uh, as far as registration goes.
1: Well, the best thing to do is to uh, email me. And that would be at M. Lomondo, which is my first initial, M. And my last name is spelled L-O-M-A-N-D-O, at bellsouth.net. Now that's a mouthful. So you can um, contact me through Hillary's website, or you can call me at 954-972-5891. 954-972-5891. And leave a message specifying that you want information on the trip. We have, uh, you know, we have a wonderful cruise planned and we want to make sure that everyone who wants to do the Nile cruise gets their choice of, uh, you know, to be able to do that. So the earlier you sign up, ensures that you have space on the cruise. So not that we're forcing people to make a decision, but the Nile cruises um do sell out very early. So we're and we're there at a great time. Spring is really beautiful weather in Egypt. Um it's kind of like the height of their perfect season. It's not too hot and it's not um, you know, windy or cold. So you do get that kind of balmy, you know, sunny weather. So it's it's just a great time to to be there. And The cruise is very enjoyable. Um, You know, you're catered to, it's all five-star service. Um, You know, we've got entertainment and a great uh, dining staff. And, you know, it's just a lot of the perks that you would expect, um, you know, doing it on a, you know, world cruise anywhere in the world. Uh, The Nile Cruises are famous for their attention to detail and just really making people feel like their VIP. So, um, Mary, I'd also like to say too
0: that if you travel with somebody who may not necessarily be interested in the metaphysical aspects that we will be enjoying while there, that's okay because it's in this this whole trip is catered to the egypt experience and it's again the the other things are optional to participate in and if you would like to bring a spouse that maybe perhaps is not interested in some of the things we'll be doing there are always something there are always options for how to spend your time and folks there's nothing like traveling down the nile with the stars up in the sky shining down on you and it's just an amazing experience Mary, we have a few minutes left. We have a couple minutes left, and uh, I just would like to wrap up, again, with giving people the information about how to contact us should they be interested in joining us. You can go to my website, hillaryremo.com, and click on my trips page, and all the information is right there for you. We will also be having monthly teleconference calls based on questions, concerns, logistics, questions, meditations even. We'll be doing some meditations on the calls as well and talking about how the energy is affecting you at this point uh, once you make the decision to come. Or even if you start thinking about it, we'll be talking about dreams, dreaming. I'm going to be doing a whole teaching around dreaming symbols in Egypt, so you'll get that information as well should you choose to attend those. and uh, It's going to be a fabulous trip, so If you're even thinking about it, I highly recommend attending our next teleconference call, which will be in September, and that information will be on my website and goes out in my newsletter that goes out every week. We are at the end of our hour. (laughs) I just want to say thank you, Mary. Thanks for a great second part of our show and the halfway through the month astrology report.
1: Oh, Thank you, Hilary. It's always, it's always a pleasure, and uh, as usual, it just flew by way too quickly. It does.
0: Guys, understanding that we're all connected is the first step to healing on a collective level. By raising our awareness, we lift our consciousness to a higher vibration, and it ripples outward to help lift everything around us. With every positive emotion and word we feel and say, not only to ourselves but to others as well, has a healing effect on ourselves those around us and on our planet. Healing means taking responsibility for our own lives, being conscious of how we walk in the world, and ultimately will show us the way to living our ultimate expressions of self. Until next time, everyone, I send you all love and light. Live well. Namaste.